today uh, we're actually kicking off a brand new collection as you gather called uh, Together. And it's a collection on relationships. And one of the things that I, I, I want to repeat consistently throughout this collection is that the, this truth exists, that we don't live alone, right? You look around, there's people near you, next to you. We live together. And no matter how hard uh, we try, we're in this life with other people. And since that's the case, then we need to understand how to not just survive in relationships, but how many guys would agree that we also need to figure out how to thrive in relationships? And you may ask the question, well, why? Because I believe this, our relationships, and I'm not preaching yet, I'm just kind of setting it up. <laughs> our relationships determine the quality and the direction of our lives. So if you stop and you analyze and you look at your relationships, look at the quality of them and see if the quality of them and the direction of them match. You say, well, what do you mean? Here's what I'm saying. We can't get life right if we get relationships wrong. So if we want to do this right, live life right, then we have to make sure we get relationships right. Because the reality is people will either make us or break us. They'll either lift us up or pull us down. And if this is true, then it means we've got to get this part of our lives right. But I don't want you to tap out on me and think that because I'm talking about relationships that it's only dating, it's only marriage. But I really mean this in a much broader sense. I want us to get relationships right with friends, with family, uh, with coworkers. And yes, of course, those we have a romantic interest in. So beginning today, that's the journey we're going to start. And let me say this before we get into the, today and the next weeks. If there is anything that sounds like your business, know this, I don't know your business. So don't be talking about who been talking, who been saying this, who been saying that. I don't know your stuff. It just means, you know, the Lord's like, what up? Listen to me. All right. So I, I just want to make sure I make that known. And to help us <laughs> begin this conversation today, I got Genesis 2, verse, verses 15 through 18. And now uh, you can flip with me there, scroll with me there, or join here on the screen. And uh, as what's become custom here, could we stand for the reading of God's word? Genesis 2, 15 to 18. It says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Pause, not related to this, but you see the word work there. Don't despise work. Work was there before sin. Work is of God. All right, here we go. To work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Here's verse, verse 18 I want us to focus on. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. That's why it's called together. It's not good for the man to be alone. He says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Come on, let's pray. Father, we're grateful. We're thankful for this moment. God, thank you for the time, the space that we get to share together. Lord, I pray over the next few moments, God, that you open up our eyes to see what it is that you're showing us. Open up our ears. Allow us to hear what it is that you're speaking to us. 
God, you, we know this, you're intentional. So we're not just here because we came to see a family member or friend be baptized. Lord, it means that you, you have something for us in here today. God, we're not just here because we saw this on social media. Lord, you're intentional. And so because that's the truth, God, we want to get what you have for us today to be the person that you've called us to be. So because of that, we say this, Lord, speak because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Come on, come on. Everybody said? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Family, I recently decided to conduct some research. Can I give you these? It's just going to bother me. I keep hearing them. Thanks, babe. I decided to recently conduct some research. I wanted to figure out just how many friends do I have? Who are the people that I can count on? Who are the people that I know time and time again will show up? You may ask, how are you going to figure that out? Well, I said, there's only one place to go. Petey, I went to social media because that's where I can discover where my friends are. And can I tell you, through social media, I realized there's a couple of thousand people that I call friends or that we follow each other to whatever degree. But then I realized, wait a minute, some of them, I actually don't even know their name. <laughs> I just know their social handle, Breezy35. <laughs> I mean, I know this guy, but Glenn Two Ends, you know. But I'm like, I only know the social handles. So then I had to ask the question, are they really my friend? And I think that's the question right there that we all need to ask with the relationships we have. Are they really my friend? Because today we live in a culture where the distinction of friend is used more loosely than it should. Everyone we meet, guess what? We call them our friend. But there's an issue with that because when we do that, it creates an opportunity for frustration. Here's what I mean. Because we've called them friend, we expect them to behave like a friend. There's an expectation like a friend. But the frustration comes when that expectation isn't met because their response time and time again is not consistent with that of a friend. Now, we have a role to play in that. That's what we're going to dive in today because I want us to get relationships right. But in order for us to get relationships right, which means we'll get life right, we have to learn how to properly discern the relationships we have with each other so that we can then develop the proper expectation. Now, when I was saying all this, everyone had a person in mind. But keep in mind, someone else may have you in mind as well. This is, this is both sides of the game right here. And so today, I'm going to speak from this headline, put people in their place. Put people in their place. Now, gathering from some of the reactions I got, it's like, yeah, I'm going to put you in your place today. Not like that, but it feels good to say it, don't it? But it's really saying, listen, I need to make sure you are properly aligned in my life so that I can have the right expectation from you in my life. Because God says this, it's not good 
for a man to be alone. Now, for some of us, when, when we read Genesis 2, verse 18, we thought, well, wait a minute. That's a verse about marriage. Why, why are we diving into that? I thought he said we're kicking off with friends first. But listen, God isn't being exclusive to marriage right here, but he's actually talking about community. Because community is important to God. Even in the beginning, he says, let us, right? So there's this idea of community that God has really been um, pushing from the very beginning. So he says it's not good for man to be alone because man needs community. Man needs relationships, which, by the way, it's a really good time to join a belong group. I know it's work, but guess what? Community is work, but it's worth it. So get in the group. The season just kicked off today. But it's not good for a man to be alone because isolation isn't good. Being alone isn't good. Clearly, we see we were not designed to live isolated lives, but together lives. That's why this collection is called Together. But many of us, we've resided to this idea that people are crazy, and I can do bad all by myself. (laughs) But listen, people may be crazy, but that doesn't give us an out to choose isolation. Because here's what I believe. I believe isolation is the devil's playground. It's the place where he plays tricks on you. It's the place where he manipulates the situation. It's the place where he gets you to believe the lie that he is. So we have to figure out this crazy, right, and live this life together. Look at what Ecclesiastes 4.12 says. It says this, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is what? Not quickly broken. So if you're standing alone, if you're living this life alone, if you're trying to just live isolated and say, I can do this by myself. As long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Oh, I don't need. No. We need somebody else. We need each other. We need people. So we have to do the dirty work to figure it out. And can I tell you, yes, it's frustrating. And yes, people are going to disappoint you. And yes, people are going to miss the mark. And yes, you're going to have all these questions, but we're going to figure this thing out because as the scripture we just read shows us that we are better together and not just better together, but we're stronger together. And so you may ask the question, well, listen, if we're better together, if we're stronger together, then why do relationships give me so much frustration? Blue's clues, because it's people. But could it also be because we haven't put people in their place? We haven't put them in the right place. Now, whether we believe this or not, I know it's about to sound weird, but people believe, excuse me, people belong in categories. Listen, I said it sounds weird, so don't don't throw anything up here. But think about it. You don't go to the doctor to figure out why your car has that knocking sound. And you you don't go to the dentist to rehab your knee. Why? Because a doctor can't tell you why your car is making that knocking sound. And the dentist can't tell you how to rehab your knee. And so it's it's no fault of theirs when they can't fulfill your expectation. Because it's an expectation that should have never been placed on them because we placed them in the wrong place. We have to make sure they're in the right category. And when we don't, it's only going to lead to frustration. Well, listen, the same is true when it comes to our relationships if we're not careful. So we have to put people in their place. We have to make sure we have people properly aligned. And again, I'm not naive to understand 
that this feels weird and it sounds different. But putting people in their place does not mean that we're, we're assigning a certain level of importance over one person or another. That's not what it's about. It's not this ranking system. But it's really saying this. It's saying if we don't properly define our relationships, we can't effectively fulfill our purpose. And what I mean by that is we'll end up spending so much energy and effort and investment in a type of relationship that we were never intended to spend that amount of time on. And because of that, it's taken our focus off of where we should be, away from the connections we should be developing, away from the, the connections that do lead to purpose, and we're spending all of our time, and there's so much we can go into that. Maybe you're spending time as a fixer. Maybe you're spending time as the one who always has to bear other people. Lord's like, yo, that's not your fight. That's someone else's that I've equipped to do that. But you're spending all your time over here, and guess what's suffering over here? So this is not about like, yo, I'm trying to figure out if I want to be cool with you or not. No, this is saying if we don't properly define our relationships, we can't effectively fulfill purpose. Because I look at it like this. Properly defining relationships is purpose stewardship. It's saying, Lord, I value how you have called me to express my calling to you to the world. And so because of that, I'm asking and I'm desiring the discernment to properly define my relationships. And today, we're going to get into categories, but I want to focus on this word friend. What, what, what does a friend actually look like? Because I believe as we pay attention to what a friend looks like, it will help us figure out and define the others. But I really want to focus on this one because this is the place of greatest frustration. Because the word friend, it's become the same as the word love, right? You know, man, I, I, I just, I love food. I love that restaurant. I love me a pair of Jordans. <laughs> like we just use the, I, I love, you know, whatever. Just insert whatever that is. We use that word love loosely. And friend has become the same thing. But hear me, to be a friend is, much, is a much deeper relationship than the way we may view it or use it in 2024. Look at John 15, verse 13. It says this, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's much more than a pair of J's. That's much more than your favorite restaurant. That's much more than your favorite city. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if they are your friend, then give them your life. So we got to look at our relationships and like, yo, are you ready to give your life to, for, to that person? Now, I'm not saying necessarily in the sense of literally dying. But many to give them you, yourself, and to, to live a deeply connected life with. Are you willing to do that with that person? If not, we have some adjustments that we need to make. So now, that right there, if you're willing to give them your life, that has to become the lens in which we look through to determine if this is the type of relationship that we're in that we're calling friend. And I know it's kind of muddy and murky because the lines can cross a little bit. Because take, for instance, maybe people who get your resources and access. Well, is that a friend? No, because just because they get resources from you does not mean they get access to you. So you can use my resources. You can, coworkers may get your time, may get your talent, but that doesn't mean they get access to the intimate aspects of your life. 
So it's properly discerning. Like, yes, you get my time. You get my talent. But that does not mean you get this because what happens is you share those intimate aspects of your life. And the next thing you know, Susie from accounting walking by and talking about the same thing that you told someone who you thought was your friend. You got too intimate with them in terms of the aspects of your life. And you didn't, we didn't properly discern that well. And we allow someone access that does not require or need that access. Are you tracking with me this morning? So let's dig a little bit deeper into John 15. Verse 14, he says, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Did you see it? Did you recognize it? There was a shift that happened. So Jesus, he revealed a shift here in these verses. The relationship shifted to friendship. But understand this, it didn't shift from, to, from servant to friendship for everyone. It only happened for those who demonstrated and showed the capacity of having what was necessary to be called friend. So this whole idea of, of categories or putting people in their place, like we, we see it being executed here. You can read in Scripture in Luke where it talks about the 70 disciples that were sent out. Obviously, we hear about the 12. But then there's also the three that we hear about, Peter, James, and John, that Jesus only would take those three to certain places and not the others. So you have to ask the question, why? Because there was different types of connection and relationship within that environment that the 70 to the 12 to the 3 didn't all participate, but yet it was not assigning importance on their life. Are you tracking with me this morning? But it's properly discerning relationships. So we have to ask this question, are we doing that? Because when we don't discern our relationships with others well, we set ourselves up for frustration, which begs that. For us to ask this question, well, what do you look for in a friend? And so that's where we're going to get into the meat of this, of sharing some traits. And I don't think it's necessarily um, an exhaustive list. But these are some of the ones that I think we need to focus on at looking at when it comes to defining if this person is a friend. Here's the first trait. Undeniable character. Undeniable character. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 33, it says this, Don't be, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, regardless of the type of relationship that exists, a relationship will always impact you in some type of way. Regardless of what it is, dating, friendship, like whatever it is, it's, it's, it's going to impact you in some type of way. It's either going to be one that builds you up or one that breaks you down. It either be a source of strength to you or an area of weakness for you. That's why it's so important to who you do life with. We have to understand that there are levels to this that we have to determine. Because, listen, undeniable character cannot be something that I choose to exclude when I'm determining if someone is a friend. Because, listen, who we walk with today has an influence on what happens tomorrow. So that's why we have to pay attention. Who am I deciding to tether my life 
closely with? Who am I deciding that I'm going to allow to get into the trenches of life with me? Look at Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So Jesus is giving us an option here. Choose the wild folks or the fools. I didn't say it. Scripture did. So God has given us this option. So that means who we walk with today, right? It has influence on what happens tomorrow. Walk with the wise, guess what? Become wise. Hang with the fools, well, there it is. So who we walk with today has an influence on what happens tomorrow. Or you can say it this way, your friends will help, will help frame your future. You know, it's, it's a new way to say, you know, let me see, your, show me your friends, I'll show you your future kind of thing. So our friends will help frame our future. And if this is true, and I believe it is, that means character is important. Because listen, if, if we dismiss the importance of character, then their character can become our crisis. That their lack of having integrity, their lack of character will ultimately get to us and become our situation. It become our crisis. So you don't have to be concerned if someone will be jealous of you if they're not jealous of others. Pay attention when they can't celebrate someone else. Pay attention when every time you talk about, yo, you saw what so-and-so did. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's all right. Pay attention to that. Because if they can show that they're jealous of others, then guess what? What's stopping them from being jealous of you? Then here's another thing. We don't have to be concerned if someone will talk about you if they're not talking about others. So in other words, don't come to me talking about someone else. Because that's telling me when you leave me, you're talking about me to someone else. And that's not someone that I need to tether my life closely to. Because we have to ask this question, well, what happened when y'all fall off? What happened when you're not cool no more? Then guess what? Your name will be the first name from their mouth talking to others. So we have to ask this question, and why even call them friend? So we need to look for this trait of undeniable character. Here's another one, unconditional love. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Yeah. Unconditional love. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, we're in campaign season and all that good stuff. And have you ever noticed that we're, when we're in this, these type of seasons of getting ready to vote and all that, have you ever noticed how quickly a candidate will denounce their friendship when people question their friend's character? Yeah, you know, just... He's an idiot, and I denounce them. We're, we're no longer cool. Hadn't seen them in 18 months and deleted their number. Like, wow, just like that? Like, y'all been together since yay high, and just like that, you let them go? Family, we don't need friends like that. But we need friends with unconditional love that's going to stand with us and be with us. Look at Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. I don't just need you on the mountain. Listen, I need you in the valley. I need you in the pain. I need you in the hurt. I need you in the disappointment. I need you in the mistakes. I need you in the error of my life. I need a friend that says, listen, you were wrong, but I got you. This wasn't your best move, but I'm with you. Listen, you didn't dug yourself a hole for real this time, but I'm right here with you to pull you out. That's the type of character trait that we need to see in a friend, unconditional love. 
It's saying, listen, just because I support who you are does not mean I have to agree with what you did. We can still do that. That's, that's still a thing in 2024. I still love you. I still support you. I still believe in you. I still believe on God's call on your life, but you were still wrong here. We can do that because we need friends who can handle the best of us and the worst of us. That's what it means to, to say, hey, I give you my life. I give you who I am. That means you got to be able to handle the best of me and the worst of me. It's, I'll say this, people are so quick to leave, but who can be with me in the valley just as well on the mountaintop? Because can I tell you, it's friendships that are, are born in the valley. It's easy to jump on the train of like, oh, yeah, you know. But what about in the valley? What about when everybody else running away? What about when it's not good to have my name associated with your name anymore? Can you still be my friend? That's what we need. Undeniable, excuse me, unconditional love. Here's another trait we need to look for. Unrestrained honesty. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, one time. I spent 45 minutes speaking with my supervisor uh, back when I used to uh, work as a contract analyst. 45 minutes just diving into the nuances of the contract world, of the contracts I was managing. Like, we were like, yeah, they need to adjust this. This ain't right. We not, nope, that ain't happening. Only to leave their office, go chat with one of my coworkers who worked with me on some of these contracts, only for her to say, hey, 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 um, Michael, uh, check, check, check your teeth. You got, you got something in your teeth. So I, 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 I pulled out my phone, and I'm looking, y'all, the biggest piece of black bean you could have ever imagined just parked itself right on up in there. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, yo, I just left so-and-so's office for 45 minutes. She ain't say nothing. <laughs> like, they couldn't even be honest with me and tell me I had a giant piece of black beans sitting in between my teeth. We need friends with unrestrained honesty. Look at Proverbs 27 and 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. We need the kind of friend that's willing to sit us down and say, you're behind tripping. You're not right. You are wrong. We need authentic friends, not fake ones. Can, can that disappear in 2024, fake friends? We need authentic relationships. In fact, let's, let's, let's spell it differently. We need to spell it. Can we, can we show how we can spell it? Relationships? Yes? No? Real. Like, we need, we need real relationships. Not fake. Not phony. Now, I'm just only going to tell you the good stuff because if you're my friend, you're going to tell me my junk. You're going to tell me my issues. You're going to be honest with me because the true friend would rather hurt my feelings than see me hurt my life. And when you hide the truth from me, it's saying, go ahead, hurt your life. It don't even matter. 
No, I need you to hurt my feelings because I'll get over it. And, and, and even if I, I, I go drastic and I end a relationship, guess what? I'm still going to have to deal with what you said because what you said was still the honest truth. And then I'm going to have to come back and say, listen, I was wrong and you was right. So let them go ahead and do. Don't be afraid to tell your friend the truth because you are afraid of what, uh, how they may react. Sometimes they need that jarring. They need to get that, 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 that honesty wrapped in love, wrapped in grace and truth. Right? But here's what it requires. We also have to welcome and foster this type of honesty. We can't expect a friend to be like that if the slightest thing they say, they always offend, you always offended. Uh, I'm mad. How could you just say something like that? You don't even know what I went through. Hey, homeboy, you don't even, you can't even come talk to me because you got your own. No. Stop. Slow down. Listen. Here's, here's, you know, this, we're going to get to dating and all that good stuff and marriage. When Katie and I have a discussion, <laughs> I had to learn, shh, shh, be quiet, shh, be quiet. Yeah. It's so funny, my four-year-old, this girl, she, she got, whew, help me, she got a mouth on her. She, so, she got a smart mouth. One time she told me, she said, shh, <laughs> shh. I'm like, what are you, like, anyway, I got distracted. But I, I did that because of her. But I had to learn to be quiet because just because I didn't agree with her perception of something doesn't mean that there's not some accuracy in there. So I got to be quiet, go sit down somewhere and listen to what she said and say, you know what? The characterization may be off, but I see she right. I just still had to be like something's off, <laughs> even in a story. I know, right? But it's like I still got to seek. So even with our friendships and rela these relationships, we have to listen. Don't just jump to being offended. You know, I, I play sports and basketball. I, you, you don't worry when the coach is getting on to you. You worry when he's not because it means he's done. He's given up. He's saying, I'm, I'm walking away from that. But, but when he's getting on to you, hey, I see potential. I see something in you. And, and if I got to be honest with you, and it's got to be tough. It's going to extract that from you. So we have to give space for our friends to, to, to be honest with us. And listen, I, I need friends to tell me the truth. To this, to this day, I will, um, some of you got it. Um, I will ask I will, I will say, hey, read this text, read this email before I text it and before I send it. Because sometimes, listen, I'm sending in what I send in, and I just want to let the, other, the person on the other end understand that. But that's, that's, that's not good. That's not the right way. So I have, I have some friends now, a couple friends. It's not everybody. It can't be everybody. But I have a couple friends that I trust, and I know they're going to tell me the truth. Yeah, yeah, bro, you, you might change, change this, change, change that one. Does it really, is it all caps? I mean, <laughs> you know. So you, you, you have to create the space for that because if no one can be honest with you, you don't have friends, you have enablers. And if all we have are enablers, we're not going to do life right. We're going to get it wrong. So we have to have, we have to make room for unrestrained honesty. I gotta hurry up. Unmovable reality. This is reliability, excuse me. This is the next trait. If you wanna find out 
how reliable your friends are right now. Take out a phone, take out your phone, and text them like, yo, I'm moving next week. I need a hand Saturday. <laughs> See how many people are like, yo, I'm busy right now. <laughs> Kevin, I'm moving this. You got me. Then you're going to figure out who are your real friends, how reliable. Tell them you're moving. Look at Proverbs 18, 24. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We need the reliability. We need you to be reliable before I call you friend. Going back to sports analogy, you can look at it like this. You see a player maybe on the court or on, on whatever the field of play is, twist the ankle, hurt a knee, and you see some teammates come over and they lock arms and they help their teammate off of the field. They're propping them up on their leaning side. They've been hit, they've been injured, they're going through a tough time, but they're there to lean them up, to prop them up. And that picture right there, that's a picture of dependability combined. And if you combine dependability with trustworthiness, you get the ingredients of a good friend. It's having the faith that says, listen, when the weight of my life, when it falls a little bit, when it leans a little bit, I can lean on you, that you can prop me up on my leaning side, that you can be a place of support as I get this together, as I figure this out, as I go through life, you're there helping to prop me up. Because listen, ultimately, reliability becomes predictability. It says this, I've seen the consistency of your life and our friendship, and I know that when it all hits the fan, I know you're going to be there for me. I know you're going to have my back through thick and thin. You're going to be there. We need reliability. And here's the last one. Michael, if you come help me land this plane. Here's the last one. Unending encouragement. You know, when you see a rapper perform, they always got a hype man. They don't come there, come out there alone. You know, all the millennials in the room, you know, uh, what's my man used to be with Busta Rhymes all the time? Like your boy used to get hyped. And he used to make sure the crowd was not dead. And you could, you could say that the hype man was for the crowd, but I think the hype man was for the artist. Because if the hype man made sure the artist was good, then the artist was going to pull everything out of the crowd. So the hype, man, hype man's job was really to hype up the artist. And then that would impact the crowd. Here's a question for us. Do you have someone in your life that will hype you up? Do you have someone in your life that will gas you up? Like, hey, man, shh, my, my guy, hey, the way, hey, you, what, what you did, hey, you killed that. Hey, you did your thing on that one. I ain't going to lie to you. Hey, girl, you, you, hey, girl, you doing your thing. Hey, you, 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 you listen. <laughs> Ain't even gonna, ain't gonna say what I'm gonna say, but you need people who will gas you up, right? Almost to the point they might be lying, but they gotta gas you up because it's gonna pull the best. I saw this video of this this guy. I think he like threw the, the basketball backwards and he completely missed. And all his friends went crazy. Thought he made it. They hyped him up. He was good. We need some friends that said, "Ooh, this is a little rough." Mama, gas you up right now because it's gonna pull something out of you. Look at First Thessalonians. 5 and 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. We got enough 
of things and people and environments and headlines that are tearing us down. We're the friends that will build us up and say, I believe in you. You got this. You can do this. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But God has put in you what it takes to make this happen. We got to be people who gas our friends up. Because listen, there are some things we will never accomplish without the encouragement and the influence of our friends. You release that song, hey, listen to this that I recorded. It may be bad. Gas them up. It's going to get better. They want to cook and bake. It may, mm. I see where you're going. I, I saw the idea. Gas them up. It's going to build them up. And that push is going to get them to doing what they've been called to do. But no, encouragement can't be fake. It can only be done authentically, which is why we need authentic friends. Because an authentic friendship is the catalyst to us becoming who God intended us to be. Because an authentic friend will often see in you what you see, but they have the ability to draw it out. That there may be some things that we see, God's put this on my life. And for whatever reason, I'm I'm struggling to draw it out. But there's a friend who sees that same thing and probably even in a greater sense. And they'll see it in you. And then when you get to that point, they're like, yo, bro, I know you had it all the time. Girl, I saw it in you. But they were the ones who encouraged you, who, who, who stuck with you, who gassed you up to see it be drawn out. So there it is. Those are traits that we need to look for in a friend. Now, before we leave here today, I have to also look at the categories. Y'all like, still? I told you I was going to focus all on friendship. But I have to look at the categories that if you're not friend, because if they can't match and, and, and exhibit the traits that we just talked about, we have to ask the question, then where do they go? Here's one, associates. What is an associate? It's a person with whom you have periodic or consistent association. You have a few mutual interests but it doesn't go beneath the surface. It's always surface level. It, it may be coworkers, it may be not, it may not be, but it doesn't go deep. And so if you look at these different traits and say, yo, this relationship, it, it actually doesn't fit that. Could it be they're an associate? Now ask God the courage to shift that relationship there. What's another one? Assignments. This type of relationship exists primarily for the purpose of one providing. Uh, a person providing mentorship, guidance, training, and coaching to one another. So maybe there is someone in your life that God has said, hey, what you have, give it to them. The knowledge you've attained, give it to them. I want to I see a transfer happen. And so, now you don't be like, yo, you my assignment. Not like that. That's not how that works. <laughs> People, not projects. Not like that. <laughs> but it's saying what I have, I'm going to give to you. And that's the, the nature of the relationship. And other times, it's advisors. And we and hear me, we need, we need to be assignments and advisors, right? You may be an advisor, but you also may need to be an assignment for someone else, right? But an advisor is an individual who serves as mentors and, as, and offers guidance in specific areas of one's life. And most of the time, for a limited time. So we've got to look and say, man, have I, have I called an advisor a friend? And when that advisor does not respond as a friend, I get frustrated. I might need to make some adjustments. Someone that I'm assigned to, and I I think they're my friend as well, 
But then they don't respond because they're an assignment. So we got to ask God for the courage to make some adjustments and to live accordingly. Because here's what I want us to leave today understanding. When we get people right, we can get life right. And all this affects our vertical relationship with the Lord. So it's horizontal matters with others, but so does the vertical. Let's pray.